God they, go. they the ones who done left the yard When they come in sun, they rap hard Sin I no fun in their squad What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and the gentle peoples. This is Across the Intersection Podcast. This is AJ. I'm in here with the crew, Eve and A Sizzle. As always, you can get this podcast where podcasts are disseminated. Google, Apple, and even Amazon Podcasts. Go check us out on Amazon Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And always, always, always come to our website, divemedia.co. That is divemedia.co. And you can get at us on the socials. We're on everything at This Is Dive Media. That's This Is Dive Media. And I can be reached at Divinimous, D I V E N O M O U S. And I can be reached at E to the V to the uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Yo, yo, and then you can hit me at a very good idea.com. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Um, here we are, still out in these COVID streets, um, doing it, doing it up, doing it and doing it. Well, you know, I just saw last night, I was just perusing um, the tube of you, YouTube. By the way, y'all, we are also on YouTube. Um, check us out at youtube.com slash divinimus. And we have some episodes of the podcast up on YouTube as well. So I should have put that out there as well. Man, all this advertising in the beginning, y'all, this kind of gets a little repetitive. We have a Telegram group that, you know, come on if you want to. I mean, people kind of- Advertising? You mean on YouTube? No, I'm talking about just advertising all the stuff we got to, you know, you got to go through the spiel. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you know how it is. Anyway, I was perusing YouTube last night and, you know, they had the BET Hip Hop Awards this past week. And oh, really? yeah, I didn't watch it, but they had some highlights. And so they had like an all female R&B cypher, but they were rapping. All the female singers were rapping. So it, it, it was like Brandy, Erica Badu, um, Tiana Taylor, and her. Oh, now, I really like her. H dot E dot R dot. I don't know if yeah. y'all ever heard of her. Heard of her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard she's, of her. She, she's a really good singer. I, I, I like her. Um, but they were rapping and they sounded pretty good. I was like, "Look at them getting it in." Okay, ladies. Well, I knew that Erica Badu could spit, but I didn't know about Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they probably got ghostwriters. Come on, y'all. Yeah, Stop yeah, that. yeah. It was probably somebody. No, ghost but it's writer. about delivery, though. Yeah, know? they were still delivering it pretty well. Yeah, true. Even with the ghostwriter, they were still on point with the delivery. I was, I was pleasantly uh, surprised. So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, anyway, speaking of dope MCs, um, Black Thought just released Streams of Thought Volume 3. Um, Black, you can sponsor us anytime, but the album is dope as always. Um, a lot is of it people- commercially dope or is it, is it commercially dope or is it dope for the person who really loves hip hop lyricism? It is the latter um, because it's not trap. It's not Southern bounce. It's, it's not what's popping right now. So in terms of commercial success, it probably would not be, you know, the whatever insert popular rapper now that doesn't really rap, but does the little sing songy stuff. Um, but in terms of just like black is just always been one of these MCs that never gets his due credit like whenever you hear like the top MCs or the best MCs of all time people really bring him up and I'm like do people not have ears like he's been putting in work for over 25 years I mean like dude is a well, monster that's, 
that's the distinction I was trying to make between commercial success and really good lyricism. But you know what? I should have done a, a better job with it. What I meant to say was, is it entertaining as well as uh, a full of lyrical talent? You know, can can he did he make some actual songs or was it 100 bars straight? No, no, no. He actually made some some song songs. And, you know, for somebody like me who actually likes hip hop and is not just looking for what is the the popular thing that the kiddies quote unquote are listening to nowadays um it was dope so this is like his third he's been doing this streams of thought series now for like a year and a half or so um and this one was this one was pretty dope so anyway go out there and and check it out this is streams of thought volume three yeah volume three is this different than what he did on um like the tiny desk concert the the from home that he put out earlier this year that I'm 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 not sure. No, no. This is like a whole album. This is about ten jams. Yeah, the the last two were pretty short, um, but this one, no, this one was about 10, 11 jams. This is like a a, a full album. Pretty, mm. Yeah. Okay. It was, because, to, yeah. To be honest with you, I was not impressed with that um, Tiny Desk from Home uh, concert situation. It was not at all. But actually, I gotta I gotta look that up because I did like the visuals. But the the songs, I was like, mm. he did one song about some, some some he's 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 coordinating the music for um, some play in New York, and it's always like, all right, uh, some kind of like racial thing, uh, and I, I mean, you know, I know that's on brand, but this was just to the point where it was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is just you might you might just like, be experiencing some racial exhaustion anyway, you know, and I yeah, think that was, people are experiencing just, that in general. It was just too much. He was like, yeah, high yellow, 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 high yellow, something about rapping about being light skinned I like my high yellows, and he was rapping from the perspective of some kind of guy that has a kink in his thing, but. I was just like, <laughs> come on, man! Like, yeah, no, nah, this, this, this definitely, <laughs> this definitely was not that. Um, okay, no, nah, this right. was so his this is, his this streams of thought. More, yeah, okay. Yeah, his his streams of thought series has been. Um, I mean, he's kind of been all over the place content wise. I mean, good and bad. Um, you know, for, what? I got a question. I got a question. I need some serious is cancer. Like, uh. Nah, probably not that serious, but um, even even with the morbid dropkick. I know, right? Uh, not that. Not, that not, came not that, that came from a old school, you know, lyric. But go ahead. So uh, I just I want to know: Has anybody ever heard of the term Erman's purse? I'm trying to. I'm, I was trying to locate it. Don't don't take too long trying to figure it out. I'm just I'm just throwing that out. There. Nope, know, I haven't heard it because I don't want to deter the conversation. Nah, bro. Just, yeah, you, I don't. You mentioned Black Thought, and I thought about it, but I don't want us to go into tangents and you know all of that. Not but that we would ever we do. do something like that here. No, nah, we would never do that here. Tangents? Mm. What? What is a tangent? Well, what is Erman's purse? What's going I, on? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's in a rap lyric or something like that. Anybody listening, if, if you know what that is, I'm having trouble even researching it. So I don't know if I know the actual the right language to type to spell it. Because Google doesn't really show you everything; it just shows you certain things. Is a Erman's purse? Is, is that what LeBron James was carrying when he left that game in the no, finals last no. year? <laughs> I, I don't know. No, no, no. And not Hermes purse, Erman, Erman, or just the term Erman. But anyway, anyway, I've I, I just been been trying to figure that out for the past like week and a half. 
Well, the only Ehrman that I know is Bart Ehrman, who is a New Testament yeah, scholar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, lot yeah. of uh, a lot of evangelical Christians have relegated yeah. him to the gates of hell simply because he is a scholar agnostic. and not necessarily a believer. Mm-hmm. He's agnostic. Yeah. So speaking oh. of that, th- thank you, thank you, Eva, for that uh, good uh, segwizzle. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know evangelicals, and it, you know. Just on a, on a side note, I, I'm not sure if I even feel that that term evangelical anymore, and I don't and, and 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 what I mean is I don't like the negative context in which it's being used, um, because like people use it to kind of throw shade at people. Oh, you just ain't nothing but an evangelical. It's like, bro, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop it, stop it with that. Um, if you just want to call them white or racist or cracker or you know, just say that. Like, but stop trying to use these pseudo terms that you wasn't using before it was popular in the you well, know in the in the vernacular in the kind of in the political space. It became a thing. Why, but that's why um, context is extremely important, and that's why I'm not um, against people using the term that way. Because for all of this time, until a few years ago, it was considered synonymous with Christianity. And it was considered synonymous with the right wing. And so if people now recognize what it actually has been, I think it's perfectly fine for them to use it in that context. But See, but I think that that's time, trash, though. Norm- it's been that's normalized. Trash. Because yeah, when, you, mean, when, so, but when we you leave this country, when you leave this country, it doesn't have that context. And so that's why I'm saying, like, it is a political kind of like flaming dart to throw at people in the in the borders of this nation. But it's not... Mm. It's not that context is not universal. That's all I'm saying. In the last yeah, you know, decade, it became a thing within the borders of this nation. Okay, facts. But the moment I set foot outside this nation, people don't see evangelical with the level of venom that they do here, obviously because of all of the shenanigans that's going on. Um, but that's actually what we want to get into today, folks, because... Um, a lot of us believe a lot of different things, and you know, y'all know that we want to stick with this theme of kind of filtering stuff through the the lens of the kingdom of God, right? You know, we we are at least we are the three of us. You know, those of you listening are welcome to join us. We are people who who have chosen to you know walk with God. We we have cho- we, we have chosen to make ourselves subject to the mandates of the kingdom of God, right? Like the, the Bible says that many are called, few are chosen. It's not the way that you know, people have perpetuated it. Few make the choice. Few make the choice to subject themselves to the mandates of the ruler, right? I think Christ said, you know, many, um, many said that they love me, but their hearts are far from me, right? And so it's like many, everybody's, a, I mean, you know, we, 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 we've heard all this, everybody's a Christian, so on and so forth. But what I've, what, what I've come to notice and similar to that whole little evangelical spat that we just had, um, is that a lot of what we're believing is a crafted narrative. I mean, even the Bible itself is a narrative, if you want to look at it that way. But some narratives are specifically crafted with malintent. And that's what we kind of want to get into today. And this may spill over into multiple episodes, and, and that's fine. We want to at least rip off the scab today is sort of saying, is what you're believing a well-crafted narrative with malintent, or is it actually something that is truth, 
right? I was just talking to my children um, one day this past week. It's it's so cool having kids who are like now becoming teenagers and stuff because you know they they form their own little thoughts, and they you know they're my oldest is in high school. She's trying to challenge you. Well, what about this and what about that? And so I was having a discussion with my two oldest about um, relativism versus absolute truth. And I was like, you know, what you're talking about is uh, relativism, and that's not actually true. That's just relative to you. So it, it was pretty cool. But a, a lot of what we're, we're believing now is well-crafted narrative, and, and mm-hmm. many of them have malintent. And so that's what we want to get into today. I just want to throw this out here. Um, I went to our friends over at dictionary.com because I want to sort of throw this out as the backdrop for what narrative actually is. A story, an account, or I'm sorry, or an account of events, experiences, or the like, whether true or fictitious. So a narrative could be true or it could be fictitious. The art, technique, and process of telling a story. And here's the here's the, the the last one that's really really key, a story that connects and explains a carefully selected set of supposedly true ev- events, experiences, or the like, intended to support a particular viewpoint. Like that is what we want to get into today. Well crafted. <laughs> well-crafted narratives that carefully select supposedly true events that are intended to support a particular viewpoint. Like that is what we're talking about when we say some of these narratives that have been carefully put together with malintent to get the populace to believe a certain thing. And then, you know, people kind of just run with it. You know, once you kind of throw that raw meat out there, the dogs just kind of run with it and then they they kind of carry it on. And you call people dogs? I I I kind of am. I I kind of am. Right? I think people, you know, people can be like animals. That's why the Bible says we all are like sheep. And when you understand the the mentality of sheep, like sheep actually need a shepherd. That's why it, it's so important like when you look at the 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 way in which the the Bible um uses metaphor and and simile in terms of people and our mentality like if you understand the mentality of sheep they are very prone to walk away from the herd they're very prone to walk away unlike some other animals that kind of stay with the herd and where the herd goes they go sheep are actually not like that sheep are very prone to just randomly walk away from the herd and so the whole 99 and he goes after the one stuff like that like that is that's very, very apropos in terms of the way sheep behave and the way human beings also behave. So I, I kind of am calling people animals. Um, what do you what do you guys thoughts on that? Because well, yeah, I, so I want to throw that out to you guys and then we'll kind of get into some specifics. I was, I was trying to find a scripture, but it's in uh, a KJV where uh, Matthew fifteen twenty six says it is um, is not meat to take the children's bread. And to cast it to dogs. That's what you just remind me. I'm trying to like that. That reminds me of that scripture. Um, do not what is it? Do not feed what is righteous to dogs or something like that. But anyway, that's it, Matthew. Oh, you mean don't throw your pearls to swine? That joint? That comes. That comes after. Okay. Yeah. No. This is do not cast what is righteous to dogs or something like that. You never heard that? I can't recall. 
I can't recall it. Yeah, it's, it's the same. It's the same part where it oh. says "do not cash your pearls before swine." Okay, that, that's that's the statement that follows. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Do not give what is dogs. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. Gotcha. If you do, they may trample them under their feet under their and feet. turn and tear you to pieces. That's like a certain translation. But anyway, nice. So, I mean, yeah, so, like, when we're having this discussion, because we, we talked last time about things being spiritual or theological versus ideological, and a lot of those ideological viewpoints, you know, at times are because people have fallen prey to those well-crafted narratives, right, with malintent. Because people have fallen prey to that, they then perpetuate certain ideologies. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example of one. I'm, I'm going to throw out one as an example, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So I was watching an interview. Um, it, was a, it actually was a very well-narrated debate um, between, uh, shoot, Neil, I can't pronounce his last name, Shevev or something like that. It is an Indian last name, so forgive me if I'm butchering his, uh, his um, last name. Two brothers who had a, had a very well crafted debate on on a podcast about um, critical race theory and is it um, is it compatible with the Christian faith? There's somebody named Neil Shenvey, if that's what Thank you're talking you. about. Thank you, Shenvey. Yeah, I, I, yes. I, yeah. Theoretical chemistry, quantum physics, etc. Thank you. Thank you. That's the guy I was looking for. But he's actually a believer and he writes a lot about Christian theology and things like that, even though he's a chemist. Um, and he was debating uh, this this brother who's a, a pastor up in uh, New York, up in Brooklyn. Um, and they were just talking. And I'm not I'm, I'm not here to, to debate critical race theory or you know any of the right wing left wing stuff. But the the point is that he was re- what he was really pointing out because he was honest, even though he doesn't buy into it. One of the things that I could appreciate from him is he said, "I understand the parts of it that are true." He said, I'm, I'm not here to say that certain parts of it are not true, but what he was talking about, he was trying to dismantle the narrative. And then the other brother was trying to dismantle the, the right-wing Christian nationalist narrative. They were both trying to do that, but he, what he said was, you know, I understand the parts of it that are true, but what he began to do was to show the slippery slope because the narrative was crafted with malintent. He said, you know, when, when you use terms like oppression he was you know you have to be very specific because if you are not very specific all of a sudden gays jump in there or transgenders jump in there or this or that and they'll say hey well i'm oppressed too so what's popping and the other the, the other brother was like you know okay okay and my my point in just bringing that up is before we fully put our support behind any narrative it's so important to dissect it and break it down. And that's what they were both well, doing. They were kind of dissecting them, breaking them down, saying, you know what, this part of that thing is true and this part is not, as opposed to just believing a thing wholesale. You, you, you kind of follow where I'm going? I, I, <clears throat> yeah, I follow where you're going. And I, I, I agree. Uh, I agree with that. The problem with that <laughs> is that uh, most people, most people don't, most people are not uh, critical, so so they really don't want to think about things to the nth degree. They would just rather just run with something based on um, 
whatever resonates with them, regardless of all the other things that are attached to it or could be attached to it. And it was Neil Shenvey and Rasul Berry. I was trying to think of their names. That's that's who the, oh. the debate was. Okay. Oh, I yeah, the issue like, of critical race theory is, is incredible to me. Uh, it is a lens. Which is... And a lot of people like to crack the lens or criticize the lens instead of, first of all, understanding why the lens is necessary, right? So to be You have clear, a narrative that... Go ahead. To be clear, what is critical race theory in like six words? Can you... Can you Definitely can't say it in six words, which is why people get it wrong. But basically, it's a lens through which to understand um, continual generational um, racism, especially in the United States. And of course, it's backdrop. So what is the lens? What is the lens? Critical the theory, critical race theory is a way to understand, to analyze why and how and the impact of uh, systemic racism over time. So when people what actually- the, What is it, what is it, how, what is the how? You're saying, you say, you're saying it is a thing. You're, de, you're defining like- Say it's a thing, theory. I'm saying it's, it's I'm saying a lens. What is critical, what is the lens? What is the lens? Critical race theory is. <laughs> it's a way to understand something. You're, you're looking for a tangible instead of understanding that this is a way to understand a phenomena. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would agree with Eva. It's it's the it's the theoretical framework by which people understand. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, so I'm, that's I'm trying to help issue. people who are listening who will get lost in this. Term. Most people will not know what you're talking about. So let me just try. Let me just explain. Let me just say this right quick. And you can tell me if I'm right or wrong and shut me up. Critical race theory is a way in which it, what it is, is it is a way to explain how white supremacy rules everything all over the world. Critical race theory. Am I yes or no? I, I would say that that's part of it, definitely. I mean, it, you would also have to all throw right. in, you know, how black people are at the bottom of the rung. So, I mean, it's, it's the whole I'm framework. That's what I'm trying to get us to. I'm trying yeah. to get us to, to that so that the regular person can listen to this and not get caught up on critical race theory and lose the rest of the conversation. And and that's the thing. My issue is that a lot of regular people that you're defending will feel the need to say something about it. And that's the problem. And so when, well, no, that's, that's exactly what's happening. (laughs) That's that's exactly what's happening. People who don't know what it is will hear, and this is what AJ is talking about. will hear someone assess it and then they'll spew that same regurgitation right. out without knowing what it is. So the question is, well, are people willing to go back to the actual theoretical framework that he was talking about? And even more importantly, are people willing to go back to the reason someone constructed it in the first place? Why does somebody have to understand it? Well, there is a systemic notion of white supremacy that predates it. Critical race theory is trying to understand how the heck this world became so racialized and so so color-coded with with wealth and and health and academic and educational gaps. And so I think that that should be the first question. You're shaking your head, but that should be the first question. The second question- Nobody shaking your head? Yes, I see you very, very clearly. But what I'm trying to say is that right now- Shout out to the new camera. So so what I'm trying to say is that um, the the, the issue that I think AJ uh, tactfully brings up is why is it that people will just take someone's narrative about a theoretical framework that they don't know anything about and run with it instead of looking at the, uh, the wider scope of a phenomena and then reaching their own conclusions? That's exactly it, Eva. I mean, because what, what happened, what the, what the two guys, and folks, we're not here to, to dissect 
um, critical race theory or anything else. But again, we're, we're here to talk about that phenomenon, the phenomenon of somebody hearing one little bit and I think you bring up a good point. A most people are not critical, and so this this episode or this series of episodes is to really encourage you guys and ladies to become more critical. Somebody may say something that may sound good, and it may actually have an ounce of truth in it. But rather than believing it wholesale, we need to do our due diligence, whether that's doing our own personal research, even talking to people who may be a little bit more well versed in a, you know, in a topic than we are, you know, but, but what, we, what we can't do is just say, oh, that sounded good. I'm rocking with that all the way. You know, I'm, I'm a rider till the wheels fall off. It's almost like when you see some of these news reports and you go to some of these MAGA rallies and you, and you watch them ask the people questions and you realize they have no idea that a lot of 45's policies are not to their benefit. Like when the news reporter will literally ask them a question verbatim, hey, do you know you are voting against your own <laughs> benefit? Well, I, I don't care. I, you know, and, 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 and they go on and you realize, okay, so they don't know. Wow. So they 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 don't know and 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 they've bought yeah. another you know just uh, another example of a narrative wholesale without diving into so, you know what what it actually is. I mean, I would contend that that's that that that's the that history goat runs so deep. I was at a plantation last week, y'all. Um, they let me out. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually visited a plantation, Belgrove Manor. In, uh, in in the Shenandoah Valley, Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I was learning about um, this, this family called the Height family and uh, led by this guy named Major Height, who was the brother-in-law to James Madison, who became the fourth president of the United States. He was the brother-in-law, so he married James Madison's daughter. And uh, his mother-in-law- Sister. Um, no, huh? His sister? He's the brother-in-law of James Madison. That means he married her sister, his sister. Yes, he married his sister. So his, uh, so they so they have paintings in their, in their, in their manner of their in of, he has paintings of his in-laws, her parents. And so in one of the paintings is his mother-in-law. And so his mother-in-law is like holding a Bible and it's turned to like, one of the Psalms, I can't remember which one, but anyway, one of the things that the tour guide was saying was that, oh yeah, she was just like, when you, when, when people put items in paintings, those items tend to represent some form of characteristic or a, a attribute of the, of the person uh, in the painting, subject of the painting. And so anyway, the, the 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 question or the investigation was was like okay well we see this is turned to Psalm, Psalms one fifty or Psalms whatever Bible well what what could what of what importance does this yeah. signify yeah. and so it was like oh yeah and maybe she was like a very devout person and uh, um, she really was into the scriptures and like the New Testament and probably also the Old Testament and all of this and this is like. <laughs> they own up. They own a hundred slaves. Ask you if Toby was. I was going to ask you if Toby was standing right next to her. And I wanted to say this. It says I want to turn to um, first. She was a Timothy. <laughs> first Timothy, the first chapter, uh, the, the 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 
the ninth and tenth verse, it says, um, knowing this, that the Torah is not made for a righteous man, but for the wicked um, and disobedient, for the unholy and for sinners, for them without Yahweh and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. For the sake and of the listener, says, when he said Torah, he means Torah, and when he says Yahweh, he means the Tetragrammaton Yahweh. Just, no, just, no, just for the sake of the listener. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say law. So Torah, you can say law and Yahweh is just, just the Lord. So anyway, thank you. Eva. So, uh, but it says, it talks about right there in 1 Timothy 1, um, 9, it says, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that's contrary to sound doctrine. Men stealers, that's did you just say men steal? Did you right. just say men stealers? You talk yeah, about uh, human trade. traffickers. Yeah, human traffickers. Human traffickers. That's right there in First Timothy one nine. It says that wasn't that, that wasn't in the Bible that she was reading. That wasn't mm -mm, that just got into the Bible last year. So <laughs> that right there, that that the fact that the fact that these people like, and I'll be honest, man, I, I, I read the Bible a lot. I never even knew that that was in there. Like I just glossed right over it. I guess when I saw mess, I don't know. I guess it just never even clicked. That was talking about slave trading. Yeah, I mean, when you sometimes when, when when you look at and I appreciate the the king for some of that harsh language, because even when you like even when you hear the term human trafficker, it still can yeah, kind of be like, oh, like, okay. Yeah. But when you hear the term man stealer, it's like, yo, for real? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I can, <laughs> right. I can appreciate some of that hard uh, King King James language. But you actually bring up a very good point because here's another narrative. Here's another well-crafted narrative that is placed in the culture for malintent. The, the narrative that, oh, the, the, the founders of this nation were devout believers in God and they wanted religious freedom and this is a God-fearing nation. Now, again, folks, we're not here to get political. I'm just here to point out to you a similar point to what A was just talking about. If you have someone who says they believe in the Bible, but they're openly, openly, I don't mean like, you know, we make a little mistake in our personal life, but like they're openly practicing things that are contrary to scripture. Well, how devout can that person be? The Bible actually says in, in Galatians, Paul says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he begins to list a whole bunch of stuff. Not a mistake, but a practice. If you practice a certain thing, right? Let's say, I mean, yeah. listen, a, a, a 16th century or a 15th century or a 17th century woman born into a family that might have owned slaves, that is perfectly plausible for someone in her position. She might have been born into a family that owned slaves. Okay, we, we get it. In the 1700s, 1800s, yes. But you did not have to perpetuate that, right? The, the right. moment that you start to perpetuate it, then you, be, you become part of the practice and you sort of disqualify yourself um, from the, the, the I'm going to take pictures with Bibles and become a devout person. And we just got to be very parallel, clear that we're not believing narratives. That's all. 
in parallel fashion concerning that narrative of men stealers during the time that we're talking about one of the justifications for the human trafficking and the generational perpetual servitude uh, was that the bible quote unquote supports slavery so you know that was one of the narratives basically this whole time in the in the united states and in north america has been spent finding different ways to justify the treatment of africans who are trafficked and so one of the ways is to say the Bible supports it. And then Avery just read the Bible not supporting it. So the that's what's Bible important that about narrative is that you always, if you're a thinking person, need to step back and look at it for yourself instead of just regurgitating what someone else is saying. Oh, and, and just to touch on narrative again uh, very quickly and what's been going on, I know we're in uh, election season, not trying to get too political or anything like that. I have right here in my hand uh, the a Bible? sample ballot. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for some people, I have a sample ballot, right, for for uh, for this, these upcoming elections in my hand. It's mailed to me, mailed to everybody in the state of you know, Maryland. And so I'm looking through the sample ballot and I'm researching these candidates, right? And I, I come across, I mean, first of all, 99.99% of these candidates don't have, it, like, it's just gibberish when you, when you look them up online and you actually read their platforms and like, what, what, like, this is just it's the same old stuff, if anything at all. It's nothing really outstanding. Uh, but when you go down, when you go down from the bumper sticker candidates to just like these random names and you start researching it, Yo, it's people that's on here. You can't even find anything about them online. Yeah, I know. I looked up a couple you of the judges you, and you I couldn't find yeah, anything on here. You can't here. find nothing online. And these, these people are being asked to be voted for. <laughs> and you cannot even research them online. The <laughs> only thing that you can find, and I'm going to say it, the only thing you can find is a, is a, is a link to a, the, a Democratic, a local Democratic Party website that says, here, he's a, here are the names that you should vote for. Oh, and this is the process that we went about to pick these candidates and they you can't read any biographies about them you can't do anything it's like Avery it's welcome names. Avery welcome to the matrix you can't read <laughs> anything you can't you can't you, you can't even and then let me tell you something about the whole um uh, Jay, uh do you main... AJ, do you have a do you have a um sound effect do, 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 do. Okay. you don't have that one yet no here so, we go here we go Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, hey, I'm gonna get my props. I'm, I'm gonna get a cape. So when we, when I start, you know, getting in front of things, I'm gonna throw the cape on. <laughs> I'm gonna do that, and then also I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get like aluminum foil. You know, like a foil like, hat, yeah. Like a, like a, no, like but a I, 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 I agree but, with you because I was looking up because I'm like, you know, I've, I've said it before on here that I, I wasn't really enthusiastic about voting on the national level, but I really was interested on the local level, and so I actually yeah. began to look up. Similar to you, I was looking up some of the judges. And I was like, yo, where is this? I said, where is this cat? They're like, yeah, it's a couple. I couldn't find them. I was like, yo, I don't even know. Like, I ended up going to social media. I was like, let me see if they got a Twitter account or a Facebook page or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you were looking up judges, AJ, because these local, you know, little judges making $75,000 a year are the next ones online for the circuit court and these, you know, the federal bench. Next thing you know, they're sitting in the Supreme Court. Well, not next thing you know, it might take decades. But the point is, is that this is the track. Yeah, this, you know, is, the, this is how they're fed. Yeah, this is the, the sort of feeding trough towards to get into the Supreme Court. I get you. And then let me say this. 
I looked up, I, I, I went to Biden's website, right? And I had to like douse myself in holy water first. But after that, I went to Biden's website because I didn't want my fingers to burn off the, you know, from the keyboard. And I'm looking up his, his whole black America thing. And it says like, oh, we recognize that there's historic racial injustice and there's a racial wealth gap where black people have a thousand, have one trillion dollars and, and oh, compared what to is their solution? have a hundred trillion dollars. So what, what, what we're going to do mm-hmm. is we're going to invest into the small businesses, but small, we're going to invest into uh, the SBA so that the SBA is people, for everybody. So that, so that. Well, all you know, if if you raise to, the tide, all boats rise. Isn't that what they so, say? So, what we're gonna do is because we know that there's historic housing discrimination. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna invest money into the housing authority so that anybody who feels left behind. But see, there, and, there and, you go. But hold, so hold, because that's a, another narrative. That's another. That's a, a another excellent point because I don't want people to think that we're just here on some political agenda because Biden and people of his ilk also perpetuate other narratives, other well-crafted stories with malintent, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, whole and, point, so, the whole point is to give people everything except what they're asking for. So well, right I, now we're saying, wait a second, we've generated what is now about $17 trillion of wealth for the United States. Where is my great-grandmother's money, right? So, but then they will respond by saying, we're going to change the name of that street in Virginia from Jefferson Davis Highway to MLK. What? And that's that's a good point because I wanted to now, wanted to now say I went to Trump's website and I looked up Trump's plan and I saw comparing. These people got the same exact plan. I'm not playing. The only difference is that Trump doesn't want to give us a street. He wants to have Juneteenth as a national holiday. That's for everybody. Right. Everybody That's, get that off. Right. But they literally have the same plan. Like it's it's I'm not playing. They're saying the same thing. Invest in HBCUs. Uh uh make sure everybody has more access to loans. They're saying the same thing. It's just called two different it's it's two different names. And what's even what's even more wild is that I started to look up. I'm like, okay, well, let me go to other people, the other identities, right? That Biden was trying to hit up. Because, you know, they have the whole identitarian politics. This dude is literally copy and pasting the same plan and just replacing it with Latino, with Asian, American, Pacific Islander. <laughs> it's copied and pasted and put on the website on different, uh, uh, like, folders on the website, different, different, different uh, links. He said different the only thing, <laughs> the only thing is the L, the, the only people that get their own specifically dedicated thing is the LGBTQ joint. Oh, That's the course. only people. Of course. That's Come the on. only Come thing. On, brother. They don't, it's not LGBTQ and heterosexual. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just LGBTQ. But but the it's crazy. They literally have this, they have no plan for black people. And then I looked up ice cubes just to do it. Because it was like making the rounds. Ice contract, Cube, contract with Black contract America. Contract with Black America. Man, that joint is so weak. I don't know if y'all actually took the time to read it. No, I didn't take the time the to time. read it because, first of all, it's being spearheaded by Ice Cube. Like, I'm yeah, like, O'Shea, I'm good, O'Shea. Like, O'Shea, I'm good. It's if, literally, it's the same. It's, 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 it's like the same plan that Trump and Biden have. But it's just being, I mean, there's literally no real difference except for it's like, oh, invest 13 point. He wants uh, a federal hey, and state pensions 
to invest 13 for anyway the, it's 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 silly the reality silly. of the matter is narrative is narrative yes. that's yes. what i'm just saying and, and what narrative refuses to do is go back down to the foundation because everything is built on top of a foundation and if we go back down to the foundation to understand why everything is shifted and all these gaps exist the reality is this there's 17 trillion dollars of 250 years of wealth that was generated that has never gone to the people who generated the wealth. My question is, where is the money? No, this is not about my great grandmother's uh, life being worth a dollar amount. That's not the point because they'll try to deter you with all of these questions. And another question is, well, what will you do with it? And all of that. No, no, no. There's unpaid labor that's unaccounted for. And America, I think, will be judged in various ways until that's rectified. So let's let's go here because you know, folks, we we're not here to to talk about how we're going to build earthly earthly wealth, whether it's through reparations yeah, or anything yeah. else. It's sure, it's sure, it's yeah. it's again here to to dismantle or at least bring to your attention um, narrative. And so we'll probably continue this conversation. I want to end, you know, as we come around third base. I want to end with this. There, there's a verse of scripture in the book of Acts, chapter ten. And I would encourage you all to go and read it. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to quickly paraphrase. But in, in the book of Acts 10, this is where Peter, the apostle, has a vision. Um, heaven opens up and all types of animals come down. And God says, get up, kill and eat. And Peter says, I don't eat anything unclean. And God tells him, the spirit of God tells him that do not call unclean what I have called clean. And immediately after that, he is called to the house of Cornelius, who had been praying. Cornelius was a Roman centurion um, who had been praying, right, and had a vision from God. And God says, I'm going to send somebody to you who's going to come to your house, who is going to show you the kingdom of God. And long story short, Peter comes to his house, right? God tells him to go to the centurion's home. And God sent, he sends someone to go get Peter and Peter's brought to his home. Now, when Peter gets there, I just wanted, this is where we get into the narrative part. Peter says something to him that was very interesting. Imagine the context. Remember, Cornelius is praying. He's asking God like, yo, God, I, like, I want to be in the mix. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be in the mix. What's going on? God says, I got you. I'm going to send one of my servants. I got you. And, P and Peter gets to this man's house and begins to insult him. Like, that's literally the first words out of Peter's mouth when he walks into this man's home. When Peter walks into the man's home, he tells him to his face, a Roman centurion, a soldier, normally, I don't even eat with people like you. This is what Peter says. Go back and read Acts 10. It's pretty insulting. I would be insulted if I called you to my home and you walk in, bro, normally, I don't even mess with black people like that. Imagine he just walk in the door and start talking crazy like that. You'd be like, what? <laughs> this, that's what Peter says. He says, you know what? Normally, I don't even eat with people like you. I wouldn't even be seen in public with people like you. Ah, but the Lord showed me something, brother. Amen. Right? What am I saying? God was actually trying to deconstruct the narrative that Peter had in his mind about Gentile people. So everyone is susceptible. So if you're listening and you're like, yo, man, they tripping. I don't believe no narratives. I believe God. Well, I would venture to say that you are just as susceptible to narrative as the apostle Peter is to narrative. And so we want to continue to kind of unpack this for everybody because people have spent lots of time crafting these stories to plant seeds in your mind. 
People have spent lots of time, lots of money, lots of resources to plant seeds in your mind. The enemy has spent time crafting stories, using unrighteous people to draft situations to get you to believe certain things that are not true or they may have part of the truth in it and it gets you off course. So we want to continue this conversation, folks, because narratives can be very, very dangerous when they're crafted for or crafted with malintent, all right? But we do thank y'all for rocking with us. You know how we do, no matter what we're talking about, whether it's reparations, <laughs> right? Whether we're talking about narrative, whether we're talking about the scripts, whatever we're doing, even if it's the healthcare plan of political candidates, you know we're gonna keep God in the mix. So for even a swish, this is your boy AJ saying, peace. Peace. Right.